All right, Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we're excited to be in Scripture with the Holy Ghost. We, we love you, Lord. We love your word. Just uh, mature us and grow us, Lord, in all aspects into Christ so that when people see us, they see you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. This week, we're going to be in John four thirty nine through 42 uh, together. And uh, so if you get some time, uh, make how about this? Make the time to be in John chapter 4. We'd love to hear your observations. Uh, In honor of the baptisms that happen next Sunday, I've taken this month just to talk about how do we live unashamed of the gospel? Because people are getting born again, and we've got all these cards in the altar. You know, the white ones are names of people that we want to see born again, or maybe that they uh, were serving the Lord, but now they're in the world. The green ones are for healing. And uh, I had, you know, we did Lena Whiteside's funeral yesterday, and, you know, that was... She's a beautiful person, and uh, her uh, sister-in-law wanted me to tell you all that one of the teenagers that Lena had us praying for, her health is uh, so good right now. It is so turned that you couldn't even tell she had the issues that she had prior to us praying. And so, amen. It's awesome. And then uh, these are for the laborers because if we're not out there living and sharing the gospel, nobody's going to get born again. How will they know if they do not hear? Uh, so anyway, we're talking about living unashamed of the gospel. Here's what we've covered so far. Number one, know what the gospel is. Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is, what? The power of God unto salvation, unto deliverance. So there's power in the gospel. The gospel's not just some uh, fancy story. And the word power there is dunamis, so it's it's supernatural power. It's God power. Josh, brother, <laughs> I totally forgot to have you come up. And... Okay, well, forgive me. I totally... Okay. Uh, just to clarify, Josh Kirkus had a word, and I was going to bring him up. I forgot to bring him up. But as he said, the Lord will get it out there. I, I know he will. Uh, so the gospel is the power of God. It's, it's life in birth. It's, it's transformation. You're out of death and into life. And then number two, see the Father's heart to make sons and daughters. This is what God loves, you know, making children of God. And so let's participate with that. Number three, own the responsibility of being Christ's and heaven's ambassadors. That's 2 Corinthians 520. We're ambassadors for Christ. We beg you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So you not only represent Christ, but we represent the nation of heaven. Anybody want to take a guess as to what the culture of heaven is like right now? What's what's going on in heaven right now? Yeah. Dancing, singing, rejoicing, love, joy. Is there a lot of a lot of sadness, a lot of sorrow? How about a lot of offense? A lot of people arguing? So that is the nation we represent is the nation of heaven. So that's a great way to live unashamed of the gospel. And then number four, be led by and in touch with the Holy Spirit daily. I want to recap this one uh, quite a bit because last Sunday was a snow Sunday and uh, we were a little bit limited in how many people were able to get here. So the scripture is 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Oh, let me give you number four. Be led by in touch with the Holy Spirit daily. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There's diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There's diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. I love that. I love how Paul did that. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all right there. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. That's just supernatural insight to, you know, to make a good decision or something's in front of you. You have wisdom on what to do. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Word of knowledge. You know, I love to tell the story of Brian Blount. He's waiting on hold with AT&T, getting mad because it's been 30 minutes. And the Lord said, why don't you pray? Why don't you pray instead of fleshing out? And so he starts praying uh, in the Spirit, and he ends up having a word of knowledge for the woman that came on to help him, that she had uh, some severe neck and shoulder pain. He ended up sharing that with her. She said, yes, it's true. He prayed for her. She was healed. Right there over the phone, that's a word of knowledge. There's no way he could have known that outside of the Holy Spirit showed it to him. Uh, Then verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Verse 10, to another working of miracles, to another the gift of prophecy, to another uh, discerning of spirits, to another uh, different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. But look at verse 11. One in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Not, not for what you signed up for. You didn't sign up for the gift of miracles, so you, you got that. No, you get what He gives you. Yeah. As he wills for the profit of all. The gifts are not for show and for dough. They're to help people. Amen, somebody. So what a soap is, Gretchen alluded to it on the, on the announcement. Soap is scripture. And you take a whole chapter, but then there's a, a section of it, maybe two or three verses that the Lord really highlights to you. So that's your observation. Those particular scriptures there. And then, uh, and then you write down what, what he's saying to you through them. Application is, Lord, what do you want me to do about it? How do I apply what you're showing me? And then P, out of soap, is prayer. And you write out a prayer uh, to the Lord based on this exchange uh, of revelation that he's giving you. So I was doing uh, uh, soap here. And, and the portion of scripture that stuck out to me was 4 through 7 and then verse 11. And I want to share this with you as a church. My observation was I saw all of us under the total influence of the Holy Spirit like ants at an anthill. So I'm sitting in this scripture and I see all of us head down like ants on an anthill, but all of us were under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And you know how kind of the queen ant uh, supervises and oversees all the activity on the anthill. Well, the Holy Ghost was the one in charge. We were all head down, not looking around. Hey, I don't like this ant. Hey, why don't we do it this way? Hey, what about Bill? I don't like his personality. <laughs> there's, there's, we're, we're all locked in, Holly, to doing what the Holy Spirit was telling us and equipping us to do. Everybody had their role. And then the enemy was scared. And, and, and the enemy came and he tried to distract and he'd, he'd go to like Matt and say, hey, Matt, here's some, here's some health distractions. And then, you know, he'd go to Mary Bell and say, here's some work distra- uh, drama and distraction. He tried to distract us, but no one would be distracted. We were all completely locked in to what the Lord was doing. 
And so the application is this. Here's what the Lord said. Steve, don't focus on all the gifts that start in verse 8. Focus on the Holy Spirit who gives and distributes the gifts as He wills for the profit of all. Do whatever it takes to stay, abide, and remain under the influence of the Holy Spirit at all times. Let Him be your Lord. Amen, somebody. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit at all times and the power of my word. And then he said, you were in the word when I showed you this, were you not? I said, yes, Lord. So my prayer was, Lord, I need 100% word. I need 100% spirit guiding me into 100% discipline and love for others. And I wrote, to question your word would lead me to contradict your word. And I won't question it what a great statement to question his word go back to genesis right has god said so we're not those who question the word we don't question the word if you question the word then you'll contradict the word so i wrote in my prayer to question your word would lead me to contradict your word so lead me lord in your way of intimacy with the holy spirit and let all the gifts flow as you see fit praise god amen Praise God. And this was my observation. So my encouragement to you is to point you to Jesus and encourage you to sit with Him. And you can do 1 Corinthians 12 or you can do the one we're about to look at, but you sit with Him. The goal is not that you live off of things that Steve sees and observes, but that you're feeding on the vine of Christ yourself. Amen? Amen. So let's go to John chapter 4. I'm super appreciative to Jody Brown, right back there in the back, standing in the doorway. (laughs) She, I was sharing this with her. I said, I I see and hear so many people connecting to the vine and they're sitting in the word. It really is Bible revival in 2024. It's exciting to see how many are committed to be with Jesus in scripture this year. It's great to see. And I was telling her how as we feed on him, we'll know him and make him known. And she said, let me show you John chapter 4, verse 39. This is amplified, classic. Now numerous Samaritans from the town, this is the woman at the well, okay, who had the five husbands. They believed in, numerous of them, believed in and trusted in Jesus because of what the woman said when she declared and testified, he told me everything that I ever did. Verse 40, so when the Samaritans arrived, they asked Jesus to remain with them, and he did for two days. Smart people. They heard about him, then they wanted to know for themselves. They invited Jesus to stay with them for two days. Verse 41, then many more believed. Look at that. Many more believed. Some believed at her word, but now many more believed in and adhered to and relied on Jesus because of his personal message to them. What he himself said, verse 42. Um, did I miss did I miss one? Oh, thank you. <laughs> and they told the woman, this is the townspeople, they told the woman, we, we no longer believe just because of what you said. For we have heard him ourselves personally. And we know truly he is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Guys, welcome to 2024. You, you want to talk about putting the devil on the run. 
Let each and every person in this country who calls themselves a Christian, I am a child of God, I'm a born-again child of God, start hearing and receiving from the voice of the Lord themselves. And we'll see absolute transformation. We will see absolute transformation because we do better when we're all hearing because we hear better in community than we do just as individuals. Iron sharpens iron, right? And so that's what I saw in that vision is we were all just locked in, every ant doing what the Lord had instructed each ant to do. And there was such unity in that because we were all submitted to Him. There's no fussing and fighting in the anthill because we're all humble. (laughs) And Proverbs 13.10 says, Only by pride comes contention and strife. Only by pride. doesn't say it might be. It says only. So if there's humility because we're all mutually submitted to the Lord, then there's unity in that. And how do we know if we're winning as a church? How do we know we're doing well? Stories of transformation. And that it's not just me having a story of, wow, look what the Lord did in my heart. It's not just Stacy saying. It's not just Kyle and Nikki. It's not just Patrick and Cassandra. But it begins to spread. We start hearing all these stories of people who are connected to the vine's voice and their lives are being transformed. Stories of transformation is how we know that we are advancing God's kingdom one heart at a time. Amen, somebody. Now, with that, I want to share this. I touched on it a little bit during prayer of transition, but I'm going to say it again. I love how many of us are continuing in uh, the Scripture with the Lord. People sitting every day with Jesus in His Word, hearing His voice and obeying His instruction, allowing Him to transform each and every one of us. You know, you've heard the term, the more the merrier, this fits. (laughs) Right, Ron? When you got more and more people feeding on Jesus the Christ, last time I checked, he's pretty good. Nobody spent the weekend with Jesus and came out kicking rocks like this is the worst thing I've ever done. Nobody spent the weekend with Jesus hung over and sad. Okay, so he's pretty good. And the more, the merrier. Not just hearing my observation or someone else's revelations but having their very own, as we just saw here in John chapter 4. Now we no longer believe because of what you said or what someone else said. We've heard Him for ourselves. God's plan for Grace Church or any church isn't that you'd be led by a king or some man mediator. Help us, Holy Spirit. If you read 1 Samuel... God wanted to be Israel's king. And this whole idea that we prop somebody up to to be the guy or whatever typically comes out of a place of we don't want the responsibility of walking and talking with God ourselves. And I'm not going to be that mediator for you. I'm not. You're welcome. (laughs) I am not Jesus the Christ. That's who you need to be feeding on. Now, there is a mediator, and it's Him, okay? He is your mediator between you and God. 
but each of us being led by Him. And I'm going to say it again. I'm not saying God doesn't put godly people, godly uh, mature people, leaders in your life. He does do that. But the best thing a godly leader can do for you is stand beside you and say, Here is Christ. Follow Him. Not follow me. Anybody? I mean, we've all seen every... Leadership in, in churches and ministries all over the world, they're fallible. Christ is not. So the best thing I can do for you is cheerlead you from right beside you and say, here is who you need to follow. Remember when John the Baptist in John 4 said, hey, I'm going to decrease that he might increase. Man, and I'm telling you, because I've been doing this a long time, 25 years here, about 30 years in full-time ministry since I was 24 years old. It's easy for the enemy to try to slide you into that role. That Well, I really need people to, to follow me and listen to me. No, you follow me as long as I'm following Christ Amen. in that sense. But I'm going to point you to him. I'm going to take your hand and put it in his, his hand. That's the best thing I can do for you because the only thing I can offer you is Jesus Christ. So leaders, stand beside you and say, here is the Christ. Connect to Him. Rely on Him for your bread. I don't discount that, you know, Joyce Meyer and Tudor Bismarck and E. Stanley Jones and Dwayne Sheriff and, and Brother Steve or whoever that God raises up voices that help serve the body of Christ's bread. I'm thankful for that. But I'm telling you, you need to be getting your bread from Christ. That day-to-day personal relationship. He didn't die for you to reconcile the world, 2 Corinthians 5 says, so that you would just live off somebody else's manna. Amen. Can I say again, this is 2024. This is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. This is where we're going. And this will mature and raise up a priesthood in this house that can shake our community for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. I always loved Psalm 133 and how the anointing begins on the head to the beard and then to the garment. And, you know, it's a picture, type and shadow, if you will, of leadership in the body of Christ. But if you marry that to Matthew 12, when Jesus went into town and that woman needed healing, did she say, if I could touch his head? No. If I touch his beard? No. If I could touch the hem of his garment, if I could touch the body of Christ, I'll be made whole. What that says to me is the body of Christ has to know how anointed they really are, how much Christ really lives in them. Because the model is that the body of Christ takes Christ to the city. I mean, you guys will spend time with people I'll never meet. I'll I'll never be with. But man, when you have the priesthood flowing, it affects cities. Amen. So as we're all feeding on Christ, that's how a community of uncompromising Christ followers gets formed. A community of priests that all love the Lord, man, with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I love, I love Christy's story, Christy Whitlock, and how you know, she'd been in church much of her life and then she really encountered Jesus. And so much so that she was so excited. She said, what do you want me to do? I owe everything to you. And he said, I don't want you to do anything. I want you to get to know me. Sit with me. Spend time with me. 
Man, the, the more and more people that are feeding on Him know Him. The more people that know Him make Him known. And, and can I give you a little nugget? A little just kiss from the Lord? 25 years ago when Grace Church started in uh, Stacy and my living room. Oh, okay. So we started there. But our first open to the public service. That's what I was saying. Our first bulletin, February 7th of 1999. Guess what the, the saying on the front of the bulletin was? All we desire is to know Jesus and make Him known. And what's happening is we're getting these tools, we're getting these practical ways to serve the body and help people, reproducible, communicable ways to help people get connected to the vine where they're feeding on the king's bread every day. No man is the king. Christ is the king. And when you have a community of believers that are in love with the king and feeding on the king, that's, that's when you're going to see transformation in your town. And I have it under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's what He's doing. Amen, somebody? Does that sound like a good plan? Sound like the Holy Ghost plan? To get us all well and feeding on Him and abiding in Him and becoming more like Him and knowing Him and then making Him known and doing the works of Jesus in our town. How exciting. 18,000 flyers. (laughs) No stone unturned. 18,000 flyers are going out. Uh, because when we we have a you know a class where we can teach the word we've got uh, and teach people how to hear the voice of the Lord through the scriptures we've got prayer time like January twenty twenty ninth I'm so excited about that because it's other churches too and we're gathering at East OCRC I mean this this is awesome this is awesome what is happening we're taking the gospel outside of these four walls and uh, inviting schools and leadership all over our community. And it's all on the event calendar, which is on our website, gracechurch.community. Yeah, so you can hear about that. You know, um, I just wanted to say that this morning on the the heels of the anthill vision. Is that it's all about getting connected to the vine and all about each of us spending each day we're connecting with Him. We're sitting in Scripture. We're feeding on Him. That is the priesthood. Uh, I do want to, last thing I'll say about uh, number four right here about being led and in touch with the Holy Spirit daily. Just, man, just be open. Recognize if you're going into Walmart, there may be another reason than eggs and bacon. And when I was in Colorado, you remember this, Josh? When Josh was sitting next to me and he saw an angel of the Lord or somebody touched my, touched my heart and I began to write. And he didn't even know what I was writing. But what I wrote was, the Lord said, I am not giving you something religious to do. I am asking you all to keep your eyes open as you go throughout the day. Keep your ears to me and let me highlight people to you. And then it's as simple as, may I pray for you. It's as simple as having a conversation with somebody. How can we help you? Okay. And what I love is it's who we are as Christ followers. It's not like we're trying to do something religious. This is not an act. It's who we are. All right, let's go to number five. This is, a, this is a fun one. Know with conviction that Christ is the best thing that could happen to somebody. 
you got to know with conviction, I mean you're convicted about it, that the best thing that can happen to this human being I'm talking to is that they fell in love with Jesus. We're not inviting them to the uphill way. Otherwise, Jesus would not have encountered Saul on the road to Damascus and asked him this question, Why are you kicking against the goads? Which being interpreted means, why are you living life against itself, Saul? Why are you, why are you opposing the way? Why, why are you opposing the, the truth and the life? I shared yesterday at Lena's service. Uh, the Lord just reminded me, you know, in Genesis, it's in there like in creation. It's like I call it the law of origin or the law of creation. That God, when He wanted fish, He spoke to the seas, the water to bring forth fish. And guess where fish have to abide to live? Water, because they came from water. And then He spoke to the earth, the soil, to bring forth plants and vegetation. Guess where they have to abide to live? Because the soil is life to the plants, like water is life and oxygen to the fish. And when He wanted you... He didn't speak to the soil and he didn't speak to the seas. He spoke to himself and said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, according to our kind. So where must mankind abide to have life in God? We came from his word and his spirit. So that's where we abide to have life. Now, this is you can't change this any more than a fish could start boycotting and say, you know what? I like the beach. I like the beach better. I'm just going to stay out here in the beach. Well, you're going to die. You're going to die. Did Jesus, when, he, when Jesus came, did He not say He came to give us life? He, not, he didn't come to put you on the beach. He came to put you back in the water. <laughs> water, in this case, being the Spirit and the Word of God. So we have to abide there. You need to understand that. You want to be unashamed of the gospel? Know with conviction that what you're sharing with them is the best thing that can happen to them. This is not some, let me give you some chore to do. We were, we were talking during greeting time. We're not, we're not inviting people just to church. Church can't save anybody. Christ is life. Christ is the vine. It doesn't do anybody any good if they go to church and they die in their sin. The church can't make sons. The Spirit of God makes sons. Like begets like. So they must be born again. And then, you know, let's be honest. When you get born again, you got placed into His body. You need to love each other. It's not, it's not, well, I got Christ, but I don't like, you know, church people. That's no choice. That's not, it's not in there. You got born again. You were placed supernaturally with your brothers and sisters. You're part of a giant hole. It's not, let me live over here and I'll love Jesus all by myself. That's not how this works. He placed you into each other. Woo, come on, Holy Ghost. Yeah. And there's so much of that in this independent America. I got my Jesus, but I don't need anybody else. I don't need anybody at church or whatever. They, they hurt me. Well, we're all, we've all hurt each other. Don't let church hurt become get between you and Christ and you and His body. 
Because it's a package deal. When I got Christ, I got Brian and Gretchen. I got Haley. I got Sylvia. I'm not separate from them. Amen. Do you see it? It is pride. All that separation. That, that individualism. Same thing that got us messed up in the garden. Just declaring independence from the Lord. I remember Don Wheeler, he's been here the last several years, but one of the first things he had said to me was, when he looks in this room, bless you, when he looks in this room, he doesn't see a bunch of multiple Christs. He sees one. There's one Christ in this room. We all belong to each other because we belong to him. Man. I'm going to do it. Close your eyes with me, church. Just close your eyes. Receive this. Receive. My goodness. I just want to pray in the Holy Ghost where all of a sudden ah, something is happening here. Will you open your heart? Just close your eyes and open your heart. Let me read this over you. This is Romans twelve nine. Let your love be without hypocrisy. Don't let your love be fake. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to each other with brotherly love. In honor, prefer each other. One version says, outdo each other in showing honor and respect to each other. Verse 11, not lagging in diligence, church. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Continue steadfastly, diligently in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints. Be given over to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them. Don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards each other. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own opinion. And repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. For if it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Isn't that good, guys? I mean, wow. If we just if we live that section of Scripture, wow. What a church community and family. Outdo one another in preferring each other. And that's what, I, that's what I see in that. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says that every created thing, and that includes human beings, made by Him and for Him. Whoever you're sharing your, your faith with and your love for Christ, uh, what He's done in your heart, who you're sharing that with, they're made for Him. Everybody thinks God... Uh, sorry, everybody thinks that man and sin are affinities. Now, sin may be accustomed... We're, we're kind of used to it. We're used to stumbling and stubbing our toe. But listen to me. Man and God are affinities. Amen. We came from Him. Amen. So that's where we derive life is from Him. Amen. If you've noticed, you sow a bunch of sin into your heart and life, you'll destroy yourself. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. But if you sow a whole bunch of Jesus, what happens? Well, I feel good. I'm like James Brown. right i'm healthy i'm wise why because i got jesus you know shot up in my veins man amen acts chapter 8 verse 5 through 8 look at this 
Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he, Samaria and he preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Did you notice Philip didn't go in and say, you know, I'm just going to be nice to everybody and then I hope maybe they'll <clears throat> figure out that I am a Christ follower. They, they outed themselves. They went into a town. They let people know, I love Christ. Why? Because they're looking for people of peace. Who's interested? They did not conceal their faith hoping that by osmosis somebody would talk to them about it. Verse 7, unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice. They came out of many who were possessed, many who were paralyzed, and the lame were healed. Doesn't this sound good? Verse 8, there was great joy in that city. Why? Because the gospel came. So get rid of the idea that somehow we're imposing on Choctaw by bringing the gospel to them. The whole town will celebrate. Lame people will be healed, right? People in bondage will be set free. The, the, the blind will be able to see. I mean, you see what I'm saying? This idea that, well, well let's just back up and let's be, you know, the, the, no, no. I believe with conviction, the best thing that can happen to you is you fall in love with Jesus Christ. I believe that with conviction in my heart. That doesn't mean I'm cramming him down your throat. I'm not talking about that or I'm beating you over the head with the Bible. I'm not talking about that. But man, I believe in my heart. My heart breaks for you because you're made for him. I had a word for Haley over here a little bit ago. And part of that word was, yeah, you might have came through your parents, but you came from God, Haley. You came from God. You're here for him. And we can all bear witness. Everybody in this room who's born again can bear witness that the day you met Jesus, you, your spirit encountered his spirit and he lifed you. That was a good day. You did not leave with your head down kicking rocks. Amen. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why is that? It's not just that the gospel is so good. It's that you're made for him. And so we believe with conviction that He's the way, the truth, and life. I want to read this. So, so uh, Scott, you can go ahead and come, or Matt, or, or Stephen. Whoever wants to come. <laughs> yeah, somebody goes. <laughs> so Ashley Baker, she's not here this, this morning, but she's uh, D. Corey's daughter. And she's part of the Building in His Presence app. And she had uh, soaped all of John 7. The scripture that stuck out to her, remember scripture, the one in particular was verse 13. Now listen very carefully. Please do not check out. Okay, don't check out. Listen to this. She had an observation out of that particular verse. So here's the verse. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Let me read you the verse. Many people did not speak out about Jesus because of fear of the Jews. That's verse 13. And as she's sitting with the Lord in John 7, doing a soap, that leapt off the page to her. Here's what she wrote. This verse speaks to me on how many people would not speak openly of Jesus due to their fear of the Jewish leaders. This reminds me a lot of today. With cancel culture and offense at an all-time high, many tend to keep their beliefs to themselves. I've gone through this myself. A couple of weeks ago on Facebook, I had posted simply that I needed prayer. I didn't say good vibes, and I didn't reach out to the universe. 
I ask for people to stand in agreement in prayer with me regarding something. People not only deleted me off of Facebook, I had one girl message me telling me I had triggered her and she asked to meet up to fight. For a split second, I was embarrassed. And and I felt like, well, maybe I should be more inclusive in my posts. (laughs) Remember, she asked for prayer. Well, then, one of my favorite verses, which we're doing right now at church, Romans 1.16, says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word ashamed means what we're talking about. I believe with conviction that the gospel is the power of God. I was reminded of this in that moment, and I felt a shift in myself. I'm curious, how many Christians today don't speak up about their faith out of fear? And I'm not talking about Christians in China or oppressed nations. I'm talking about here in this country where we actually are free to have a voice. Well, as I read this passage, I wondered, what if those people in verse 13, what if they did defend Christ and hadn't shrunk back? What if they shared all the good that they had seen him do? Would have changed the outcome? Well, no. Because the cross was part of the plan, but it absolutely could have led more people to follow Jesus. Her application. Scripture, observation, application. The bottom line is, share the gospel. Share the unmerited grace that's been given. If I believe in Him, out of my heart will flow rivers of living water. That's John 7. Let the love of God flow out of me onto others without fear of offense or rejection. Plant the seeds. And let God take care of the rest. And then here's her prayer. This is powerful. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Lord, I pray that you'd put me in the right place at the right time to share who you are with others. Lord, help me to see people who are desperate for a drink of your living water. That is a great prayer, right? That's what we're talking about. The word I got in Colorado. He said, I'm not asking you to go do something religious. I'm asking you to see what I see, hear what I hear. Uh, in your exchange with people. So she said, help me to see people who are desperate for a drink of your living water. That's John 7, 37 through 39. Help me to shine in this dark world. That's Matthew 5, 14. It says you're the light of the world. And then she says, I speak against the spirit of fear in our culture. I would say this. I speak against the spirit of fear in the body of Christ. We are not of those who draw back. Hebrews chapter 10, to our own destruction. We are those who believe to the saving of our soul. So she prays, I speak against the spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7, and pray that the righteous would be bold as a lion, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, in a desperate, hurting world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was, you want to speak, Josh? Okay, come on. That says it, that says it all right there. She also went on to say, she said soap and soaping. (laughs) That's a great analogy because it is cleansing in a way, washing. Soaping has changed her life. She said, I'm transformed. I was one of those people, she said, that I'd read the Bible through in a year. But at the end of the year, I couldn't tell you anything that he had told me or highlighted to me. And now each day, Monday through Friday, I sit in a chapter and he starts highlighting things to me. Maybe it's not for... Maybe it's not for everyone. Maybe it works great for her. But I'm telling you, it has blessed her. And it's really got her connected to the voice of the Lord. And that's what I'm saying is happening. And I'm going to say it again. 
If you say, well, Brother Steve, that hadn't been me. It's not too late. Start today. He's, he's waiting. This idea, and Stacy can verify this, because when she was at one of the lowest points of her life about uh, the closet experience, how many, five years ago, four years, 2019, the enemy was telling her the Lord didn't want anything to do with, with her. And then she heard uh, Dan Moeller. She was listening to Dan. He said, that's a lie. This idea that he's disappointed in you, he wants nothing to do with you, that's a lie. Even if you haven't been connected to his voice and to the vine up until today, man, start today. Amen? Start today. Josh, you got a mic? Okay. Good morning. Um, those of you that shook my hand and they were ice cold, this is why. I knew I had to get up here today and thank you for permitting me to serve you guys with the gift God has placed in me. Uh, this is in response to many prophetic words spoken over me as well and over you. So when people deliver prophetic words to you about sharing the gospel and all that, there's a reason God is speaking these things to you. So, Amen. Uh, you know, as a pilot light, I want to I want to start you guys as fire as well to share. So it's just perfect how the Lord laid this out. He he's just, smart. He's such a good <laughs> teacher and master, and he's so good. He's the divine orchestrator. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm only going to say one thing to validate myself, like, out of, out of weakness. You guys bear with me. Okay. This is okay. Okay. But on receiving this word, uh, God has been, I've been holding back and holding back on certain things because I want to know, and I've been asking him to teach me, how do I know when it's for you, you know, when it's for me, when it's for you and all that stuff. Sure, yeah. So he's woken me up and it puts something into me and my in, and like my body burst open it couldn't contain it mm. the enemy immediately crept in and said you're a Judas mm. he is, his bowels burst open oh, okay. all that so the enemy came in to attack it but you see when you're pregnant with the purposes of God you're going to come open and it's going to spill out Amen. so just dismiss those voices when they come Amen. because they will when you begin to you know try to uh, share what the Lord has Step for you. Out, yeah. Also, in the morning, this morning, I, I really wanted to develop this better because I want to grow and mature. And this is all part of the training, guys. And mm-hmm. I said, so I had made up in my mind that I'm going to hold it. I'm going to mm-hmm. wait till next week. And I put on my <laughs> sock, pulled the jeans up, started walking up. A, ow, splinter in my foot. Yeah. Sit down, take my sock off. <laughs> no splinter. Then I heard the cares in, of this life will prick you. They're thorns. They're thistles. Guys, what is said in the spirit manifests here. What's happening in the spirit is manifesting here. So um, I'm so glad we're moving into the word so that we can be firm in what the spirit is doing. But also with that, let's be confident because the spirit is invisible. And those of us who are going to live according to the spirit are going to have to uh, do things that people aren't going to be able to see while you're doing them. And things like that. Amen. So, anyways, that was. Uh, I just want to share that with you for you, not so much for me, because the Lord has been establishing me, and um, it's a good place. It's uh, sensitive to people, but it's not conditional on their approval. Amen. And so, uh, thank you again for permitting me. Um, okay. There was a certain rich man. Okay, hold on. Jesus said. <laughs> There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. 
At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there, longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick open and come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and his soul went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in, in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, it's actually child. Mm. Remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, Please, Mm. Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers. I want to warn them so they don't end up in the place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't listen, even though someone rises from the dead. So I'm going to go into this just briefly, and I'm going to... uh, I'm going to correct this. So the rich man, when you eat this and you get into it, this rich man is fully resourced. He's he's fully resourced materially and spiritually, but abounding in material resources. He was invested in his look. He was invested to bring forth and live a life Mm -hmm. that is successful. You guys, we are children of Abraham. The children of faith are the children are the children of Abraham. The seed of faith is mm-hmm. the seed of Abraham. And so this is speaking to Christians. One of the effects of being splendidly clothed is that we go around and we spread good cheer by the inner satisfaction of having made it financially and spiritually. You guys know that Jesus came to give his life and more life abundantly. Mm-hmm. So those of us, we may have once been lost, but we've been prepared and we've been given great abounding resources. So we're happy. We're joyful now. We're going around. I mean, we're just, we can't help ourselves, right? That's good, but it's for a reason. It's not just for us. Because as we just heard in the young lady's uh, mm-hmm. word, that these people are thirsty around us. And they need a drink. So, we must not fail to respond to them and to step into their struggle with our spiritual and material resources, Mm. lest we be like the rich man in Luke 16. So, help me, Lord. So though we, though we are going to step into a community-wide outreach, this by no means excuses us from the people that we come across come and on, we see. Man. Amen. Yeah, amen. So I'm going to tell you, I've been a man who has gone out 
out of the goodness of my heart, and I've spent some time, and I've spent some material resources. I've helped people, and I've posted some things on Facebook, and I've felt good about what I was doing, and I really wanted people to see it, but I also found a place in me that kind of liked being told how good I was doing. Yeah, sure. So I pulled away because that's what we do as we learn. We, we mm-hmm. It's ebb and flow. It's, mm-hmm. it's pruning. Right. It's, and then it got to a place where, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to get out there at all. <laughs> don't, you know, take my picture. Don't, I don't want to give anything or anything. That's not the way either because then the Lord can't fill you up if you're not pouring out. Yeah. Okay, so now it's just it's being prepared and being eyes open at who he put, who he puts in front of our face now you're going to see facebook posts you know that really tug your heart and help this and help that i'm not telling you that you have to respond to everything that comes but what i'm telling you that you need to respond to is the people that he places in front of you that you can touch and feel with your hands and your eyes good and so good body do not neglect these people um don't, don't neglect it. I want to tell you the. I'm going to bring it home with this. When we're tying the spirit, the Holy Spirit and the Word together and making this come come to life, about five or six months, uh, I don't know how many months ago, four to five months ago, I was in my prayer time and the Holy Spirit came up on me and I had a vision, and what He was teaching me, He was teaching me how united we are, and he literally came into the closet and he sat down on top of me Mm -hmm. and I've learned enough now to really beware of things that just include me but he's been very (laughs) faithful that once I I go through that process and, and, and say Lord is this you you know and that he begins to show me that it's it's never just about me it's always about us and it's always about me so as he as he rested on me I then, you know, felt his approval, his power. Then as we stood up, we went and he pulled me away like to, to watch and be as one as, as this happened. But there was a, a brook of clear water. And as Jesus stepped into the water, he dipped both feet very graciously and then he sat down on the throne. And when he sat down on that throne, he looked up. And the father looked down at him, and I'm. This is weird how the spirit can, the you know, all powerful spirit can give you, you can be there and oh. see it at the same time. It's just all encompassing, right? I mean, the Lord is just everything. But then Jesus looked off to the sunset. It was across a far plain, and the sun began to set, and Jesus had a very sober look on his face. And I immediately was checked. And it was, and I, that was it. And I wrote it down and all that. So as he gave me this word, and as he was showing me this, the word for the people that did not respond to the people around them, the suffering that they went through, the word is Odin. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. I can't say that. <laughs> but the, the suffering. literally means it's deep personal anguish expressed by great mourning in the bible hub it says the root of it literally means go down as the sun in a sunset and refers to consuming sorrow so the lord is saying to us 
there is a severity to him. Any father is there's a severity and there's a grace. But there is absolutely a responsibility to what he's placed inside of us. This is not so we can stand and perch on the heights far mm -hmm. from the afflicted yeah. and glory and all that it is. Let's glory in him while we're in the trenches. Let's glory in him Amen. while we are holding the hand of those next Amen. to us. If you will not open your heart or your home or your bank account or anything to the people around you, you have to... Take that to the Lord when he shows you that, and please work that out with him. Amen. For all of our sakes, we cannot be a disunited Amen. body. We have to be those that are willing to give all for all. Mm -hmm. And that is not without wisdom. There's mm -hmm. safety. That's Call right. your brothers. But, yeah. but literally, Jesus is with you in every moment. And mm. so... Super good. With that, I mean, I don't know you guys. I was so convicted. And... Uh, but he also gave me a few pats on the back and said, son, you're getting it right, too. Remember this. Look at this. Yeah. You know, he will test our faith. He will he will do this to grow us up. And, I mean, guys, this is real. This is not all, uh, all – it's, it's all good if we'll just do what he says. Amen. But if we won't do what he says, it's not all good. Amen. You know? Amen. Thank you, Josh. Super good, man. It reminds me of the week before uh, being his ambassador. While we have the privilege of being his ambassadors, we also have the responsibility of being his ambassadors. Let's stand together. Love it. We can glory in him while holding the hands of the oppressed and the hurting. We don't have our lofty position for status. Gretchen, you want to come? Great word, Josh. Great word. And uh, confirmation, for sure, to some things I've been hearing. Uh, I just want to give this moment. Like, that was a um, that was a meaty word. And I want to take a moment. If um, the elders, some of you M28 disciples, will come forward and um, just be available to pray for some people that... Um, like, I feel like there's a, a need to respond to this. And um doesn't mean that we're not going to dismiss and you go get your kids and your lunch. But, like, some of you guys need to hear the word of the Lord that he's speaking to you inside and you need to act on it. You need to respond on it. It's it's uh, Luke 6 um, where he talks about the wise man hears the voice of the Lord and responds in obedience and that's just our heart responding back. And um, a foolish man doesn't. Here's the voice of the Lord. And he turns around and he heads out to go get lunch, right? And that's building your house on a sand. It's not a great foundation. And um, so, Father, we just make ourselves available to you right now. Father, we do, we do know that your hand is on these Monday nights at the Eastern Oklahoma County Resource Center. And uh, from prayer that's next Monday to Finding Hope to the Grace Talks class to the Eat the Word class, like your hand is upon this. There's been so much cooperation with um, people in the community regarding this, not just in the church, but in the community. 
Like we know that you have big things, big, big things for the people of our community to be able to put your glory on display. But Father, we, we do go in humility, knowing this isn't anything that we came up with. But Father, we just sat in your presence and we stayed connected to you for you to be able to speak the strategies that you had for our community into our heart. And Father, we thank you for these current strategies. But Father, most of all, like as, as we ponder on the things that Steve has shared with us today about not being ashamed of the gospel and then the, the scripture and the word that Josh brought forth, Father, we do repent where you show us that we need to change our minds about things. We do repent. And if we're not sure what it is, we will sit with you until we figure out what it is, that little nudging. But Father, we do respond to you. We do respond to you. I'm reminded in John 17 where it says, your glory is revealed through our surrendered lives. And so Father, we surrender those to you today. And we make the decision to choose you again and again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want prayer, come forward and we'll be praying for you. You guys have a great week.